God states very clearly that faith without works is dead. You have people inside the Senate. You have people that are supposed to be on your side. Make the decision to live and die on your turn. You are not wrong. They have lied to us about everything. The border, the elections. I remember America and the American gun owner are the only things standing in the way of the Great Reset. Who's got the teaching aid? We are fighting a war against principalities. We are fighting a war against evil. I pray that we get to look into the eyes of every single child in this country proudly that those children can look back and be proud of us, knowing that yes. we fought for them. Men, I don't talk with empty words. Those teaching aids, those are called balls. Gentlemen, I've given you back your balls. You only got one? Improvise. God's given us a chance to make it right. He's created a remnant for a reason. You are the remnant. I want you to know we're winning. God is with us. And in the end, we know how this ends. Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. We're so happy that you're here. And I want to um, thank everybody in the Rumble chat for singing me happy birthday. Uh, love, love to see it. And I am so, so excited to be here. Um, Joe's not with us on my birthday. So I hope the people in Tennessee understand that uh, they're getting they're getting my co-host on my birthday. And I hope that they appreciate they appreciate that. Yeah, 25. Yeah, I have an 18-year-old, so that would be interesting. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's 2022. The left can't make fun of you. So we have a, a great show today. You know, I, I said to to our producers, uh, Apollo and Zach, this morning that I wanted to call it the uh, Ash's Birthday Mockathon and just pull up all the things that that I want to mock. And um, you know, we we're gonna do we're gonna do some of that. We're gonna we're gonna do some good mocking today because it's my birthday and I want to mock some stuff. So um, I have uh, I've brought in. Uh, I, I'm, we're gonna have a guest, one of the, one of the best mockers I know, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna go through a lot of election stuff. But first, I want to pull up this article. Um, this I, this is totally unplanned because I, I didn't know about this until uh, Jake and Zach, as we were prepping the show this morning, told me that this was happening. Um, if you could uh, pull up that CNN article with the yeah, thank you. So mass shooting testify uh, mass shooting survivor testifies before Congress. What you can see here is uh, a survivor and others affected by recent shootings at Uvalde Elementary School and at a Buffalo supermarket are testifying at a House hearing on gun violence. So the House is having a hearing on gun violence. Maya Cerillo, an 11 year old who survived the Robb Elementary School massacre after she smeared herself with her friend's blood and pretended to be dead, is among those testifying. Hearing details of mass shootings can be difficult. Here are some expert advice on how to cope and here are resources to help the impacted community. So what I find horrifyingly shocking about this, you can pull it down, is uh, an 11 year old that is that is being made to go before the House committee and testify right now after what she's been through just last week. Uh, just, you know, barely, we're, we're, we're barely beyond this event actually happening and they are turning this 11 year old into a prop. And I find that horrifying. I have an 11 year old. Um, I also have uh, experience with with people who have been through severe trauma. And the fact that they're parading this child out there in front of the house, um, the house, which is a a completely politicized body that does no actual 
good for the American people. They're now bringing an 11 year old girl who's just been through something horrible, horrifying that nobody, uh, no, you know, mo the majority of us can't even um, comprehend or understand. And they're having her relive her experience and using her as a prop to bring about their their gun control uh, fever dreams and their gun narrative. Uh, just had to had to share that because uh, and this is this is breaking right. This was 23 minutes ago. Put up from CNN, Mr. Producer. If we could drop the link in the in the chat for people, um, I'm I'm stunned by it. I think that that 11-year-old uh, little girl, particularly after what she's been through, and and the 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 graphic nature of them saying she smeared herself with her friend's blood and pretended to be dead. And that's how she survived. Um, very uh, graphic visual uh, mental picture that comes to mind. Um, I'm definitely praying for little Maya Rio today and, and hoping that she gets the support and the help that she needs from her community, from her parents, from her family, from the adults around her that should be uh, helping her to, to cope and recover um to to move on from what happened um and instead they're you know propping her up as a as a prop to bring about their narrative i think that's horrifying and uh you know i just wanted to to raise that that's where i stand on that issue um i find that absolutely atrocious mr producer i don't know if you have anything to say on that well i just it's one more example of the the sickness and the hypocrisy of the left because you know, they'll make all these accusations about us and our disrespect supposedly for young children who are mature enough to get a sex change. And then, uh, you know, the right was criticized a lot for saying that they're walking on the graves of these children. But that's exactly what they're doing. They're exploiting these children just like they did with David Hogg uh, and these, these other young individuals uh, like Greta Thunberg. They're absolutely exploiting them and they're, they're essentially radicalizing them in their youth with all the rhetoric and you have these ones who actually do go through tragedies and they capitalize on them. They capitalize on their, on their youth and their naivete and on their trauma. And it's, it's one of the most disgusting ways to advance a political agenda. And it's, it's, you know, normal, it's normal course for, for the left. They've been doing this for decades. Uh, absolutely. These people uh, should not sleep at night. Advancing a political agenda by, by propping up children who have been uh, who've been traumatized and and treat and, and and using those children to play on the emotions of the American people to ultimately give up your right to self-defense. That's what this is in uh, th that's the 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 ends that this means um, is justified. For. yeah, this is this is like case par excellence of the the devil, you know, twisting the hearts and minds of Americans to, to get his way. And it's, uh, it doesn't surprise me anymore, but it's, it's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. Yeah. Com completely agree with you. So, uh, want to start starting it out with, uh, with sprinkling hope and joy everywhere we go. Um, but we call out on this show, we call out, uh, horrible behavior on behalf of the, the government and on behalf of the adults in the room who are supposed to be, looking out for the rights of children, looking out for the well-being of children, and the entire community should be coming around these children that live through this atrocity and helping them 
to uh, make sense of it if, as best as you can and to uh, figure out how to move forward. And instead, the adults in the room are propping this little girl and, and you know, others, if they can, I'm sure, uh, propping them up to be a, a political tool, political tool in pursuit of unconstitutional ends. And that's that's what we see. These people are absolutely sick and uh, wanted to make sure everybody knew about that. So we have a absolutely great show planned. We talked a little bit about uh, the SISA advisory last week, and we had CanCon and Holly on, and we talked about the DeKalb County, Georgia uh debacle I guess um, safest and most secure elections in history uh, you know gold standard election systems and we're going to talk about what that breakdown looked like as well but I want to pull in our guest one of the uh, smartest guys that I know and um, really happy to, to have him come on and, and chat on my birthday with me uh, Colonel Sean Smith retired U.S. Air Force Colonel Sean Smith welcome to the show Hi, Ash. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So uh, we had Holly and, and uh, CanCon on the show last Friday. We were talking through DeCab. I want to get into DeCab a little bit, but we, we were speculating at that at that time about how the si- the timing of this SISA advisory was very interesting in light of what we were seeing in DeCab County, Georgia. And we hadn't seen the SISA advisory at that point. It hadn't dropped yet. So the SISA advisory is now out it has it has dropped and want to get your thoughts sean on um you know sp- wh- what does this size advisory mean it's focused on image cast x machines in particular they seem to be trying to downplay the impacts of this all across the board with all of the uh the media mockingbirds really trying to make this out to sound like some sort of nothing burger but wanted you to come in and mr producer you can pull up a one um just just for the audience's benefit but sean wanted you to tell us a little bit about what what is this size advisory mean well it's uh so so the significance of it is siza or or siza if you're a really anal retentive north uh or nebraska election official insisting (laughs) that that's the correct pronunciation i don't know i mean i only worked in dc for you know four years and everybody i knew called it siza but what do i know nebraska (laughs) i'm sure they got it right um so it's an admission. So, you know, what we've seen here is uh, we, we began before the election 2020. I mean, you can go back to 18 and remember that there were Democrat Congress people uh, talking about the vulnerabilities in the systems and their concerns. And then all that stopped. Right. And all of a sudden, for whatever reason, there were no concerns whatsoever. And then you had uh, Krebs and SZA. Uh, or SISA with their uh, declaration before the election that it was going to be the most secure election in U.S. history. And then after the fact, of course, they had the pre-prepared statement that it was the most secure election Definitely. in U.S. history. And so and so then we've seen this sort of devolution, the degradation of the claims, right? It was first, um, there was no fraud. And then there was no widespread fraud. And then it was, there's no fraud that changed the election outcome, right? Right. First, it was there's no uh, there's no connection on these voting systems. There's no external wireless connection. Then it was they don't even have that capability is what we were told. Polis, the the CEO of Dominion, said, I don't understand why people are saying this. They don't even have that capability. Sorry, go ahead. 
No, that's right. I don't know. Maybe people were confused by the remote listener function within their own server that talked about using the wireless connectivity. That was confusing in light of the declaration that they can be connected. So we have, we've gone this, you know, this slope from totally that is not possible to, okay, so it's possible, but it didn't happen. Well, so now you have CISA or SISA finally saying what they were told last year. So, so I mean, lots of independent experts have said and assessors have said there are just immense vulnerabilities in these systems. Halderman is not, you know, he's not GOP. He's not a conservative. He is not really, you know, considered an ally by people fighting for election integrity. But what he is is someone with recognized computer science and engineering expertise who has looked at voting systems, right? He was working with verified voting. He was doing congressional testimony. So they brought him into that curling case, and the whole curling case happened because they uh, had functionality that did not work properly in a Georgia primary. And to fix the problems with their functionality, which was supposed to have been tested by these voting system testing labs, they made a software change, and then they called that software change de minimis, declaring that it didn't need testing, and then tried to use that in their in their elections in 2020. And in fact, they did use it. So that's what the curling case was about. Halderman was brought in to look at the ImageCast X devices, which is the ballot marking devices that most in-person voters um, in Georgia use. And in 15 other states, actually, there's hundreds of thousands of these systems in use in the United States. They were used in the November 21 election, even though Halderman provided this assessment saying that there were these immense security vulnerabilities that could be used to flip votes, to change an election outcome. He gave that notice in his in his report to the court, to t Judge Totenberg in the District Court of Atlanta. He gave that, I want to say in July of 21, and then in August of 21, because Totenberg had sealed the, his uh, report, he made this public declaration which excluded the, the details, but said, look, this is a serious vulnerability. You need to advise all the customers. He offered it to CISA. CISA said, oh, we're interested. But then they never went and got it. They never went to the judge and said, you have to give us this report. We've got, we got 100 million Americans that are going to be voting on these systems. We've got to know what's wrong with them. Dominion wouldn't accept it because if Dominion accepts the notification, then they have contractual obligations to notify their customers that they may have a malfunction or security vulnerability, that they may be, in fact, not compliant with the voting system standards or voluntary voting system guidelines. That is pretty much in every state by statute a requirement for the use of the voting systems. So, so SISA or CISA knew this back in August at the latest of 2021. And they all let voters use these vulnerable systems. So now CISA is putting out this sort of CYA memorandum and saying, oh, guess what we just found out? There's vulnerabilities in the voting systems. But don't worry. We haven't found any evidence that the vulnerabilities have been exploited to compromise either the election systems or elections. And what they leave out of that notification is, of course, they haven't even looked, right? right? There's, there's been no testing. And they, and they admit right in their advisory that uh, other versions have not been tested. So in other words, so you had like, uh, what's her name, Bance, Brandy Bance, mm -hmm. the acting elections director in Mesa County, Colorado. 
who went into the ever reliable, you know, uh, Pravda of Grand Junction Sentinel and said, uh, you know, this doesn't affect <laughs> Mesa County, Colorado, because we're not using that version. The advisory literally says we haven't tested anything else. Yeah. So, you know, you, you tell me. How, how good is the security on systems when the voting system testing lab couldn't catch either a functional discrepancy or these immense security flaws? And then, you know, almost a year later, CISA is telling us what they heard about. Uh, but with but then you follow the CVE links that they have, the common vulnerability and exploit links, and there's nothing. there. It's like, uh, it's like when somebody tries to ship you something and they give you the shipping notification, but they haven't actually delivered it yet. And so there's no, you know, you're told that it's been shipped, but there's no shipment in progress. That's the CBEs. It's just complete nonsense. So I want to go back. No, that's great. There's, but there's a lot in there, and I want to, I want to go back and break some of that down. So Halderman, right? uh, Widely speculated that the size advisory is, and I'm going to say SISA because I'm not from Nebraska. Um, and so, uh, you know, widely speculated that the, the timing of this SISA advisory was due to, uh, to issues in, in uh, DeKalb, but also in anticipation of the Halderman report being declassified, being unsealed. Um, Si- uh, Halderman's not new, right? I mean, he's been looking at uh, election issues since, according to his own words, 2007. First came on the scene in, in 2016, talking about the 2016 election, right? Back when Democrats believed in election fraud. And uh, and was, was you know, come out made, he's, there's videos still out there on the internet that you can see of him talking about how these systems are hackable, right? So we're talking about years ago, not, not 2020 election, not anything recent. We're talking about so when he came out and gave the that presentation and i know you're familiar with his body of work has anything been done to correct the vulnerabilities and issues that he mentioned back in 2016. well so there was a there was a big push for funding right through these block grants under help america vote act so if the um if states and jurisdictions adopt voting systems that comply with the voluntary voting system guidelines and our updates to their existing systems and they got funding so that's the carrot it's just exactly like in texas where through a combination of uh regulatory restrictions and either you know cheap or free government block grant funding uh utility providers there were enticed to shift from uh, fossil fuel based uh, energy generation to the renewables that have an unreliable base load and no surge capacity that thus leaving them vulnerable, you know, to the ice storms that almost crash their entire subsector of their energy grid. It's the exact same. So mm-hmm. voting officials, election officials, and legislators in states have been enticed through funding and then conditioned through messaging, both from the federal government and from agencies and organizations like the National Association of State Election Directors, um, you know, CTCL, all of these, this hydra of nonprofits, they've been pushing these modern computerized voting systems. And it's this inevitable march towards use of systems that they don't understand, that are not secure, that can't be secured, and which they're assured are secure, you know, through narrative talking points. But these voting system testing labs are not competent, and their standards are not adequate, and there's no adult supervision on them. You know, the people who are certifying them, the systems and accrediting the labs 
are by and large liars. I mean, professionally, mm -hmm. I don't know at what point that becomes your declared profession, but when you get paid <laughs> to lie and you lie, that's what they're doing. So, <laughs> liar in chief, right? <laughs> These actually, yeah, it's it's a, actually their job. It's a, it is an empire of lies. It is an empire of lies. I want to uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the de minimis change that you talked about as well. But first, are you tired of feeling like someone is always watching you on the internet? Maybe adver advertisers know a bit too much about you, or you're concerned about the privacy of your identity. Using incognito mode won't solve either problem. IPVanish VPN is here to protect your right to privacy and help you stay anonymous online. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet without exposing your private details to third parties, such as hackers, your ISP, or advertisers. You can use IPVanish on your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. When you use IPVanish, all of your data is encrypted. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually vi invisible online. It's that simple. It, you can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick. Um, super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you watch, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. Go to IPVanish.com and use promotion... Oh, sorry. IPVanish.com slash daily and use promotional code daily. And both of those are important. To claim your 70% savings, that's IPVanish.com slash daily. All right. So you mentioned, Sean, the, uh, the, this talk, and I've heard you talk about this before, so I'm excited to get this out there for the audience, uh, this de minimis change. Explain, you, you kind of glossed over that. Explain, explain what, what, uh, what happened there with this de minimis change and, and you know, empire of lies. So you have to remember that the entire, um, the entire sort of scheme or architecture for testing and certification for voting systems is an artifact of a time when the systems were primarily mechanical or electromechanical, you know, like a toaster. A toaster is an electromechanical device, right? It's, it's, if you're smart, you don't get a computerized toaster. I mean, I'm sure you can, you know, get some precise controls in there, but your toaster could also be, you know, programmed to set your house on fire under certain circumstances. So, um, the, because of these, these testing standards and approaches and guidelines are artifacts of a, of a time frame, an anachronism, when the voting systems were electromechanical, they're completely, and including most of the personnel, by the way, in the EAC and who are responsible for certification accreditation testing, these, these whole regimes, these are not people who understand computer systems and their vulnerabilities um, and how they can be compromised and how they can be permuted. And so you have all these standards that are written in these guidelines, which are totally inappropriate for computer-based systems. You know, the difference, and I've said this before, <clears throat> the difference between a, a Boeing Dreamliner and um, a, a toaster is a single change in code, right? That, that aircraft is not a plane anymore. It's a, it's a computer that flies. And everything about the way it is behaving and the way it performs can be modified with software code, uh, including, you know, firmware embeds or, you know, compromises or changes in hardware. So now let's come back around to the idea of a de minimis change. 
So if you had something that was uh, an inert object or a mechanical object, you could probably make a pretty significant change to it without really changing its function. You know, if you if you had like a baseball bat and you put a different kind of grip wrap or grip tape around the handle, it's not going to really, you know, significantly affect whether or not it's a baseball bat or what happens when you swing it. But if you have a computer and you change any software in it at all, you have to know every single thing about that change, right? You cannot you cannot have even a single line of software or firmware code in that computer change without the risk and possibility that it completely changes it, that it that it eliminates any kind of security safeguard, that it changes it from doing addition on votes to doing, you know, weighted addition on votes, or that it turns on, uh, that it drops security controls, or that it turns on external communications like wireless. So um, the idea of a de minimis change in a computerized voting system is ludicrous. It's ridiculous, but that's the that's the certification standard that we are operating under right now. And election officials apparently don't know the difference. So you have essentially, you know, what 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 happened in Georgia is you had uh, in a primary, I think, on the electronic ballot marking devices, the Image Cast X, you had a ballot where the choices would not display properly. So you know, it'd be like if you went in to vote for a presidential race and your choices were, you know, Biden. And then the other stuff wasn't on the screen. So that has a profound impact on the vote choices. They said that's not right. Should have been caught in the functional testing. I mean, that's like the minimum. Right? It'd be like if you went and you tested tires and they weren't round and you missed that part. Like they weren't <laughs> circular. And it's like, gosh, you know, maybe we should have caught that in the testing. And then you said, well, look, we're going to fix it with this change. Let's have those same testing people evaluate it. So what actually happens is the vendor, and this is, came out in the court case in curling testimony, the vendor, Dominion Voting Systems, comes back to the voting system testing lab and they say, we've made a change, it solves the problem, and we think it's de minimis, right? And then they wink and they hand them, you know, 20 grand because they're the only people who can test the voting systems for certification of compliance or conformance to the voting standards, and that's all they do. So their whole business model, right, their only customer is the voting systems uh, vendors, and the voting system vendors can only go to them. So it's this very sweetheart deal, right? It's like a no-bid contract that the government insures. So they hand them the money, and they say, we think this is de minimis. Don't you think it's de minimis? And then the voting <laughs> system testing lab, with no testing whatsoever, and also, by the way, with a with a, a director of lab testing, who's also the principal of the company, this is Pro BNB and Jack Cobb, who admitted in testimony before a judge in deposition that he has no particular cybersecurity expertise or experience. So the last person on the planet that you want evaluating the security of a voting system, right? If you're, I mean, if you're an experience, imagine that you're going in for surgery. Hey doc, have you done brain surgery before? No. But, you know, I use knives all the time when I'm at the dinner table. So, <laughs> so the voting system vendor brings this change and says, we think this is de minimis. And then the voting system testing lab says, yeah, so do we. And they make a recommendation to the EAC. And the EAC, the Election Assistance Commission, says, well, the voting system testing lab says they think it's de minimis. And they give it the rubber stamp. That de minimis change now goes out. They've got, uh, I want to say there have been a hundred and... 50 or so engineering change orders to certified uh, voting system configurations 
under the EAC, and and at least dozens of them, if not hundred plus, have been de minimis changes. There's no such thing as a de minimis change to a computerized system. I mean, if you if you tell me, look, we you know we put a decal on it on the outside, and it's a de minimis change. Got it. But Depends on what the decal says. Well, that's a good point, right? So ES and S, when they got caught telling everybody that their that their cellular modem equipped tabulators, scanner tabulators, were EAC tested and certified, which they were not. That was a lie. They came back and said, "Oh, we did totally didn't lie," and we told everybody to take the stickers off them that we had put on them that said that they were EAC certified. <laughs> That's awesome. They literally they bought and installed a sticker that was a lie and then said they weren't lying. And they're still allowed to produce and provide voting systems. People are still using them. That's amazing. Right. Yeah, you know, prior prior to um, you know, doing doing this with my life, uh, I worked as a as a cloud transformation consultant and the the business uh, sales pitch, right, for getting customers to go onto cloud is you know, well, if you have this, this, and it's part of it is breaking your, your code down into microservices, right? Is that the downstream changes that you make to your monolith systems are, uh, you know, you, you, you don't know, you don't know what's going to break downstream of this. And so my point of bringing this up is that this isn't conspiracy theories, right? And, and this is one of the things that I find so incredibly frustrating about there's um, millions of technical experts out there, people that I used to work with, brilliant people who can't look at what we're looking at with electronic voting systems and say, oh yeah, this is, well, the, the, sure, they're electronic systems, they're computerized systems, sure, the, the, the infrastructure and, the, and the, the, the pipes and the wires and all the things that we're running, it's all, it's all, it's all the same, but they're voting systems, they're election technology systems, election computerized systems, and that makes them somehow different and not as vulnerable as every other electronic voting or electronic system that we use in every other aspect of American and global life, right? It is this big, big lie, right? I mean, it's a big, it's a big lie that, uh, that electronic voting systems are the, the only systems in the world that must be evaluated by people with no technical capabilities, but that only understand voting and not electronic systems, right? Yeah, no, that's exactly right. It's, and we hear this talking point. We've heard out of Matt Crane, Colorado County Clerks in Colorado, and we know who it comes from, right? So this is mm -hmm. out of his other business, his other employer, Lafayette Group. It comes out of EAC and through NACED and CTCL. Oh, it's not the cyber experts you need. You need election experts. These people who are evaluating the computers and saying they're insecure, they're not election experts. Right. Uh, Right. I mean, they're not election ex these These people saying this aren't election experts yeah. either. They keep citing things that aren't true in the law. But, but yeah, yeah no, I Doug, Doug Gould, for example, right? Doug Gould or Jeffrey O'Donnell yeah. or Walter Doherty. These are people who whose whose CVs are tombs, right? I mean, you've got massive volumes of what these people have done from an electronic systems standpoint 
but they're not election experts. And so their their uh, technical expertise is wholly irrelevant when we're talking about electronic voting systems. And that's that's what we hear repeatedly. Um, I want to talk, I want to pivot a little bit and talk about what, what we saw in DeKalb County and what you think we can expect in uh, in primaries to come. But first, I want to talk about AirMedCare Network. Today's podcast is, again, sponsored by AirMedCare Network. Do you live in a rural area that's hard to reach by road? Do you hike? or spend a lot of time outdoors. We all want to make sure our family is protected in a medical emergency. Health insurance won't always cover the cost of an emergency medical flight, but with AirMed Care Network, you are covered. For as little as $85 per year, your whole household will be covered in case, uh, in case you ever need an air medical transport. Simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily to receive up to a $50 Visa gift card back when you sign up today. Um, I personally, uh, my my mom had to be airlifted out of uh, Grand Cayman once. She was, on a, she was on a cruise and had a pancreatitis attack, collapsed, was in the hospital for six months, nearly died, and... Um, didn't have AirMed Care Network. That was that was more than ten thousand dollars to have her airlifted out. So, for your family being being covered by eighty five dollars, uh, I would I would go out and get this today. You have no idea when you're going to need it. It is as Joe says, fire insurance. Uh, Fifty dollar gift card for signing up today, but do not select the Amazon gift card option. We do not want to give money to Bezos. AirMedCare.com slash daily. Use promo code daily today. So, Sean, we saw last week uh, the the DeKalb County. I, I assume you're familiar with the with what happened in DeKalb County last week, uh, Mr. Producer. If you could pull up B1 here, please. Uh, John Solomon tweeted, "This was you know as it was breaking." Uh, Democrat wants to stop certification of election results in Georgia after hand count found voting machines. Uh, found counting machines off by thousands. And then if you'll pull up B2, which is this is more for the audience than for you, Sean, but I just want to re- reset people's, uh, you know, on to what happened last week. So the machines did not count 2,810 votes at all, mostly from election day ballots. That's almost 20% of the total votes that mysteriously disappeared. Machines also counted only 589 votes for the candidate Michelle Long Spears on May 24th and placed her third in the race, but the June 1st hand count discovered 3,491 more votes for her, and suddenly she's winning the race. The winner of the May 24th primary machine count was Marshall Orson. The hand count reduced his total by 1,298 votes, and now he's in third place. Orson made a very telling statement after the hand count results were announced as well. You can pull that down. Thank you. Um, So Orson had, had asked them not to certify the results because the hand count flipped the race. Michelle Long Spears was in third place. She was actually out of the runoff at the time. And then with the hand counting, uh, she's winning. And um, they, as I said, uh, Orson asked them not to uh, to certify the results of that race. And um, I believe it is B3. Yeah, if you pull up B3, they did. They did certify the election results following what they're calling as a glitch. The board voted four to one to certify results Friday after a glitch forced workers to hand count ballots for one race. Those results included the contested county commissioner district two Democrat primary complaints from Michelle Longspear sparked the recount. 
and the complaint for the record was that the precinct that she had voted in showed no votes for her her and her husband voted in that in that in a precinct in the race and it showed zero results for michelle longspear that is what sparked the recount the poll tape posted outside several precincts including one the the one that spears voted in showed she did not receive a single vote you can pull that down so what we saw in DeKalb County, um, they are calling it a glitch. I think uh, earlier reporting said that it was a, a misconfiguration of the machines. Uh, human error, of course, uh, that, that caused this to happen. Um, and then we see with the, with the certification of the results, so you have pretty astounding uh, situation, right? We're told repeatedly, best election system ever, gold standard, safest and secure elections in history. And this is a, uh, a, a glitch that, sw that swapped the race. And Michelle Longspears ended up in, uh, in first place in that. And then the commissioners, oh yeah, we're just going to go ahead and certify. Nothing to see here. Um, so what do you think, Sean? Do you think it was a, uh, you think it was a glitch? Yeah, well, the glitch was the fraud being evident, yeah, right? I mean, that right. was the glitch. If, this, if our voting systems were, you know, a tire, they would have been recalled a, a decade yeah. ago. It's yeah. insane, right? So that what they keep doing is it's like the plane crashes, all the passengers die, and then they update the information at the airport to show that it arrived. That's certifying. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that, that that's is. an that's excellent, like, that's excellent analogy. They don't have the slightest idea what the hell happened in that election. I mean, let's assume that the actual ballots that they're counting were legitimate from actual eligible electors, which is, I think, highly in doubt. But let's assume that was true. They have no idea what happened in that count. I mean, I saw the, the video of them talking about this. And it was, first of all, the people on the board clearly have no understanding of what is happening in their systems. Their, their job is to rubber stamp not unlike some of the uh, people who sign off on the voting system testing lab testing, you know, I've looked at, I've looked at their test reports and found for some of them seven different signatures, like different versions of their signature, which is, you know, odd. Um, so, so I think DeKalb County is just exactly like Antrim, just exactly like Maricopa, just exactly like Williamson County, Tennessee, where if, if the staff there had not figured out that there was a, a mismatch between the number of ballots that they thought they had received and scanned and the number that the system was reporting, nobody would have known that the voting system just didn't count, you know, yeah. a lot of ballots in their in their precincts. It was only when they took those ballots and re-ran them through other machines that they knew, okay, we really have a problem. And then, you know what they did to make sure that they had the right count? They hand counted. Right. Yeah. So and, if you've got a hand count to be sure, you might as well just hand count from the start. Well, and I think one of the only reasons that we were able to see what happened in DeKalb County, Georgia, is because it was a Democrat that asked for the recount, right? It was a Democrat that raised right. the issue. If a Republican had raised the issue, hey, I voted in this precinct and my vote doesn't show up, my husband's vote doesn't show up, and in fact, I have zero results from this precinct, they would have said, you're a conspiracy theorist. And you, right. you did, you're an election denier. denier. Yeah, you're an election sure. denier. Right. So with with exactly. DeKalb County, you know, we, we were speculating last week that 
this SISA advisory came out because of the issues that were raised on May 24th, right? So May 24th happens, they do a hand count, uh, then all of a sudden on May 28th, SISA has an advisory coming out about image cast X machines. But my favorite part of this SISA advisory, and Mr. Producer, if you could pull up the actual SISA, uh, um, actually, let me get, send you a different one because I don't think it has the whole thing on it. Let me just drop this in for you. Um, the SISA advisory uh, document, the, the more detailed one, and scroll down to number three mitigations. This is my favorite part. Sean, you're going to love this. So, I know what it says. Yeah. <laughs> Mit mitigations. SISA recommends election officials continue to take and further enhance defensive measures to reduce the risk of exploitation of these vulnerabilities, these vulnerabilities that were conspiracy theorists five minutes ago. Specifically, for each election, officials should, what should they do? What, 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 what should they do? Contact election, contact Dominion Voting Systems to determine which software and or firmware updates need to be applied. Dominion Voting Systems reports to SISA that all of the above vulnerabilities have been addressed in subsequent software versions. So, Sean, there's nothing to be worried about because they've already, uh, you can pull it down, Mr. Producer, they've already, they, 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 they've addressed the vulnerability. There's no, I mean, just contact Dominion, get the appropriate software firmware updates, and you're good, right? Yeah, this is... This is a criminal conspiracy. So, I don't know if you. So, if you remember in the Rubenstein uh, clown show in the with the Mesa County Commissioners, where they excluded public comments so nobody could question this moronic, uh, you know, puppet show that he was putting on. In that, in his comments, Rubenstein actually said, "If the election officials had just contacted Dominion, right? right? So, so across the board." They have they have locked arms. The the cabal, the establishment, has locked arms, and they're trying to uh, emphasize and reiterate this talking point: trust the experts, listen to the experts. They would just talk to the voting system vendors and use their expertise. So the the first lesson out of that is none of our public officials know enough about their own voting systems that they can handle a malfunction or even understand what's happening. Mm -hmm. That's all I would need to know that we can't use those systems because that means that control of our elections is in the hands of a contractor. It's been outsourced. Uh, American elections have been outsourced to the vendors. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And public officials are signing off, certifying the validity, the security, the integrity of elections and election results. And they have no idea what is happening inside those systems. Absolutely no idea. And if they say they do, they're liars. I'm glad you brought up uh, D.A. Rubenstein because I want to I want to just do a, a, a couple of minutes on on Mesa County and on the Grand Junction Sentinel. Um, but first, I'm really excited to have found this bank, Axos Bank, that opened on Independence Day. Independence Day of 2000. They're not a crumbling brick and mortar. They're a fully digital bank built on the bedrock of American traditions. Take a look at their rewards checking account where you can earn their highest interest rate, and it's a big one. Listeners can get a $150 bonus if you open by July 31st. Big rewards from a bank that believes in the freedom to do business without compromising our values. Amazing, right? Go to axosbank.com daily for the full details. That's axosbank.com daily. And for that cash bonus, you only need a $1,500 direct deposit within the first three months of opening your rewards checking account. Axos Bank is federally insured member FDIC and they are for us, all of us. AxosBank.com slash daily. Go check them out.
So, um, so Sean, you know, when the SISA advisory came out, almost immediately, as if it was planned, uh, we saw um, we saw some information come out uh, from the Grand Junction Sentinel, the beacon of journalistic integrity, Grand Junction Sentinel, and uh, reporter Charles Ashby. Uh, Mr. Producer, can you pull up that thing? That yeah, thank you. Pull up that. Uh, Grand Junction Sentinel, that was not it. I don't know what that was, that was balloons. Um, but the Grand Junction Sentinel article, um, it's in Slack, I dropped it to you in Slack. Thank you. Ballot machine cyber advisory doesn't impact Colorado election officials say. So, um, and I'm sorry, I'm having an issue pulling this up. For some reason they won't let me into it. Um, and so this is, uh, Sean, as you mentioned, the, the Brandy Bantz uh, quote saying, well, we don't use that type of machine in Colorado. And it kind of makes it seem like the, um, the, 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 they don't use ICX machines in, in Colorado, which, which I don't believe is, is accurate. But what is, uh, what's your reaction to this Sentinel article? I know you're familiar with the, the Sentinel. We all are here in Colorado as they have been the the um, mockingbird mouthpiece to relay Mesa County's false narrative. You can pull this down, Mr. Producer. Uh, so Sean, is, is it true? Is this not, this, this size advisory doesn't impact Colorado elections at all, Mesa County elections at all, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't wanna put too fine a point on it, but a liar asked an imbecile for their opinion about something. <laughs> so, the you know the the size advisory says not all versions have been tested, right? We haven't tested any other versions. They also say there's you know there's no evidence of exploitation. They haven't tested for that either. And how you would evaluate if you want to know how SISA, the people who are serious within SISA, and by the way, they do have some good people, but they're not in charge, right? I mean they have access to some very good teams, especially through like NSA some of the military red team, some of the private contractors like under Mandiant um, or 6Gen, those kind of guys who are doing national security level testing. They have access to them, they use them, but they're not involved in any of these idiotic statements. So if you wanna know how SISA approaches a real compromise when they're serious about it, look at their SolarWinds Sunburst Advisory to public agencies, you know, where they have a list of things that they tell them to do. And they tell them, for example, image your systems. So the same thing that Clerk Peters had a third party do because she didn't have the capability and, and you know, wasn't part of the, the prescribed program from the Secretary of State. So even, the first thing you do is image the system. The next thing you do, and SISA tells all the, all the administrators this, is go look at the logs and look at the artifacts and look at the communications port activity and see if you have these indicators of compromise. So how much of that have they done in Colorado systems? None. They don't well, have anybody. Well, we've looked at the logs, right? In, in, Mesa, in Mesa County, we've, we, we can look at the logs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the other piece is the Secretary of State has systematically and through her prescribed configuration automatically deleted the very log files that you would require for a forensic examination of that audit trail to determine what was happening on the systems. That is the heart of the matter, right? They've destroyed the record you would need to know what's true. 
And so now, having prohibited anyone who knows what they're doing from looking at the systems, having destroyed all the evidence, now they can claim whatever they want. And this imbecile at the Grand Junction Sentinel repeats it faithfully, right? And Brandy Bance is there nodding, right? They're, oh, absolutely. This doesn't affect us. Yeah, nobody has ever consulted Brandy Bands before on any cyber matter. Never. For good reason. Right, but except the Grand Junction Sentinel is going to take her word for it. I, I don't know, Brandy, tell us what log files you looked at. And it's not even her <laughs> word, right? I mean, Brandy Bance is a puppet for Jenna Griswold for the Secretary of State here in Colorado, and she's just repeating what she's been told to say. Um, but she's complicit now, right? Uh, you know, and that's what we're seeing. You know, one of the things that really surprises me the most, and it, and it does surprise me. I'm not being, uh, I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic. It really surprises me that uh, SISA, right, can say, "Well, this doesn't impact any other." Well, you didn't look, right? So, if this is a government agency that is supposed to be looking at our critical infrastructure and protecting our critical infrastructure and making sure that we don't have vulnerabilities or that vulnerabilities can't be exploited, and they're they're participating in a cover-up it appears to me that they're they're you know this the, I, I don't think that this uh, ICX vulnerability was ever going to see the light of day if it wasn't for the fact that it you know came up in an election and all of a sudden they had to CYA and uh, and you know and, and come out with with something to say oh you know this this happened uh, and uh, it's vulnerable but Dominion has fixed it so to make sure that your elections are going to be okay just call Dominion and make sure that you have the appropriate firmware updates. To me, this is, you know, further evidence that our government is not a serious actor. And particularly when it comes to our elections, they're, like I said, participating in a cover-up rather than securing our critical infrastructure. How are we supposed to, Sean, take SISA um, seriously when this is, this is the kind of uh, uh, cyber forensic analysis that we're getting from these players? That's an excellent question, and you, you, I mean, this is the exact, this is the exact point that people should be focused on. You can see where the focus is of the media. They're focused on getting the story out of the public mind as quickly as possible with false reassurance. But the truth of the matter is, this is, you know, how many, how many jars of mayonnaise with glass shards in them do you have to find before you start to think maybe their quality control isn't very good? Mm -hmm. Now the only question is. Is their quality control bad because they're just incompetent or is their quality control bad because they are criminals? That should be investigated thoroughly. The problem is we don't have a functioning justice department or standard of justice anymore, right? This should right. have been this should have been investigated years ago. At this point, this is, you know, a massive criminal conspiracy at, at a minimum in the cover up. Yes. That nobody should be taking anybody's word for it in this architecture of fraud. Not not EACs, not sizes, not the testing labs, not their state and local election officials. Anybody who is still advocating for the use of these systems, which clearly have not been secured, and from my perspective cannot be secured, anyone who is still advocating for them at this point is no longer just, you know, sort of um someone who's been duped right at this point they are colluding in this yeah. cover-up and colluding in the conspiracy against the american people i mean it, I, I don't know i don't know if honestly if we started right now with the trials that we should have of the people involved in this i don't know how how many years it would take to go through them 
Yeah. Yeah, your point, uh, your point about mayonnaise is well taken because the FDA who regulates such things does have an allowable amount of maggots that can be in your canned goods. So in terms of the government having solid quality control, that's not terribly surprising to me. But in terms of, uh, you know, the, the have you been duped or, you know, are you participating in the cover up? I got there with uh, one of our, I'm not going to mention his name on the air, but one of our favorite clerks that you and I both spoke to in December of 2020, where back when we actually thought that, that, you know, some of our clerks were, were operating with integrity and wanted to know the truth. And after you've been shown the truth, right, we've shown this particular clerk the truth repeatedly over the past year and a half. Uh, every time new evidence is found, every time new uh, glitches or whatever else they want to call them are found, and they keep doubling down. Right. And so uh, that to me, you know, when you're talking about we're beyond the past where you guys have just been duped, that to me is, you know, what we're seeing down to the most local level. Right. This is uh, this is a a the majority of our uniparty cartel government is is invested in keeping the status quo system the way that it is. And um I'm kind of with you that they're beyond the point where they've been duped. I don't I don't think this is a matter of people being duped any longer. I think that we're seeing who is invested and who is complicit in the architecture of fraud and the cover up of the architecture of fraud. And unfortunately, it's the majority, I think, of uh, from what I've seen. And certainly in Colorado, it is the majority of electeds who are complicit. What do you make of that? Um. So I think I think there's a massive institutional reinforcement, right? So a lot of public officials have never known anything but these talking points. So uh, I totally agree with you, though, that you know if you if you take the oath, you have a responsibility to find out what's true. There are not a lot of public officials doing that, right? If you if you ask Tina Peters, she'll say, "Yep, I thought the systems were secure." Right after the election, I thought the systems were secure because everything they had been told and shown, they had been conditioned to believe that. Right, like if somebody tells you that your smartphone is not tracking you until you have, unless you're like me, you're suspicious, or until you've been yeah. shown information that makes it clear that your smartphone is in fact tracking you, right? You're having a conversation, you don't interact with your phone, it's in your pocket, and you start talking about, you know, uh, hey, when was the last time you used a Ouija board? And then the next thing you know, your phone browser is suggesting, you know, uh, links for you to buy a Ouija board or the app Ouija board, right? Your phone's listening to you. Yep. Your phone is listening to you. But but at a certain point, if you don't believe the evidence that you're seeing and being shown, if you don't believe independent experts, then it's on you, right? You're accountable for that, you're responsible for that. I, I don't mind mentioning the names of the election officials, right? There needs to be accountability for conduct. The, yeah. the Mesa County commissioners ignored the will of their voters. Our clerks have, by and large, ignored the will of their voters. There must be accountability. That's what the oath is about, right? The oath Absolutely. is for real. We, we buried, we buried, you know, hundreds of thousands of Americans under our flag who took their oath seriously. I don't think it's too much to ask that our public officials who've taken an oath to the Constitution actually uphold it or get held accountable for their conduct when they don't. 
completely agree with you. And Sean, you know, I want to I want to thank you for being with us today. Um, you know, it's my birthday, but on my birthday, I'm going to give you a birthday gift because I'm not sure if you've seen this before. Mr. Producer, can you please pull up B6? This one's just for you, Sean. I'm excited. I hope we I hope we have B6. You know how it's in the that was a It's a really great tweet. Uh, he's saying, hold on just a second. So this tweet is, uh, it's Jenna Griswold tweet, just to spoiler. <laughs> it's a Jenna Griswold tweet. And uh, since we talked about both uh, Colorado and Georgia today, um, I wanted to pull this up. I'm going to describe it while we're looking for it. It is uh, Jenna Griswold tagging Stacey Abrams. It says Stacey Abrams has been at the forefront of fighting for increased voter access. It was great to see her today. In this image, Jenna Griswold is wearing a gold jacket because it's the gold <laughs> standard. And uh, and so I hope I hope he's able to pull it up. But I do want to uh, to ask the question: What um, what do we what what do they mean by increased voter access? I think they mean changing well, the definition of who's eligible to vote. <laughs> yeah, so I think, you know, the good news is now we have footage and uh, and cell phone ping data to correlate with the increased voter access. There we go. Right, we've got, so 2,000 Mules is basically a documentary about increased voter access. If, if you have a voting service and, and polling center and you can go to it with your ID and vote, then you have access. That's how a ballot draw boxes are for. These two are the wonder twins of voter fraud. Yeah. Yeah. These shape the, up something immense. Yeah. Honestly, the, the looking at these two women together, it's, you know, talk about destroying, destroying public trust and destroying the integrity of our elections. I don't know that there are two more perfect uh, uh, embodiments of that goal and that ends than Stacey Abrams and uh, Jonestown Jenna Griswold and uh, so Sean thank you so much you can pull that down Mr. Producer thank you so much for being here with me on my birthday I love to mock stuff with you and really appreciate your uh, skills and expertise and talents and passions and joining us today Sean thanks so much for being here thanks Ash happy birthday and take care thank you oh so yeah Siza, Georgia, Colorado. It's uh, it, this. This is as I think it was Greg Phillips that said, "A thousand front war." And um, the the manipulators of our reality, people like Stacey Abrams and Jenna Griswold, they're all in it together, and they're all in, right? And so, um, really happy to have had uh, have had Sean on with us today. We are just about out of time, and. Um, want to tell everybody uh we really thank you for being a listener of conservative daily podcast and um we are dedicated to pursuing pursuing truth and and fighting for your liberty we are going to continue to tell the truth no matter what they can't stop us and uh, we're going to continue to have people like sean on who will tell truth with us they uh they're going to have to lock us up like jake lang if they want us to stop talking about the truth and so you know we continue to search for and provide the most accurate information and analysis that we can in order to better our nation now at conservative daily you have the option to become a member with us at at our conservative daily plans and pricing page you have the opportunity 
to become an advocate, defender, patriot, super patriot, or founder. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with daily fax blasts, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Starting at $10 a month for the advocate men membership option and going up to $500 a month for the founder membership. For example, if you subscribe to the Defender Package, you will receive 75% off of standard rates. And with the Patriot Packers, it gives you 90% off standard rates. And you can send it to your state senators and house reps free of charge every day. Conservative Daily members will not only be a part of a brave community fighting for one another, but will also be able to provide valuable input and be a voice of change in their community. Go to conservative-daily.com. Uh, for more information, uh, we we are so uh, so grateful for um, for our members, and you know I want to talk about the the fax blast. This is an option for you to be able to send information to our legislators uh, on on a daily basis. It's detailed specific content it's new content every single day on the fax blast and this is content uh, that is you know gonna gonna reach the eyeballs of the um legislators traders, traders. <laughs> yeah thank you thank you i was looking for a, an appropriate word i came up with legislators which feels too benign um but uh, it allows you you know every single day you get new message plus you can customize the content right so if you want to get into a habit of every single day reaching out to the people who are there to represent you and should be doing your work in washington dc this is a great option to do it and of course it supports the show uh also want to say this show is as always brought to you by my pillow almost wore my slippers into the studio today <laughs> mr producer because um, it's my birthday and i figured i could but then i thought that's acceptable just so you yeah. know any day any any day because the slippers are the most comfortable pair of slippers that you will ever own uh also you know father's day is coming up in a couple of weeks and uh there's some great gift options there as well mike is always adding new products to the my pillow uh my my pillow uh, product catalog and there's also my store my store is a platform that Mike Lindell has created specifically so that entrepreneurs can uh, sell their sell their products and services, sell their wares without having to have fear of being deplatformed. Mike Lindell is an incredible patriot. Uh, I'm really happy that he is my boss and uh, I'm really, really thrilled to be uh, a part of the Cause of America team. And um, head over to my pillow, my store, code CD21, and uh, support the show support Mike Lindell and get some great products. So that is it. We are out of time. We are out of time. And uh, it is your birthday. So if you'd like, I'd love for you to do the prayer. Um, before we do that, uh, we have a quick commercial interruption. Sure. Hey kid, I hear it's your birthday. Happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Everybody, please show us some love in the comments. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love it so much. Um, yeah, it's my birthday. And that means that I'm going to do whatever I want today. Because it's my, actually, I'm going to work. So, 
Um, but yes, thank you. And thank you to everybody, uh, everybody in the chat for all the love. Um, I will go ahead and, and pray real quick. And then Mr. Producer, I'll toss it to you to, to do the end of the show. Cause I still don't know how to do that. Um, <laughs> right. So, uh, Oh, Father God, thank you. Thank you so much for, God, you're just amazing. You're, you're, the God that parted the seas for Moses and the Israelites, the God that protected David from the lions and the lion's den, and you are the God that is with us every single day as we take this walk, as we exist in this world, not of it, but in it to be different, to be light and, and salt and truth. Father God, I'm just so, so grateful to have another, another year on this earth and to see just the incredible incredible work that you've done in my life over the past year and um, to be now in this position uh, to, to have this platform and to be able to speak truth without fear of persecution to be able to lift you up and bless your name on a daily basis without fear of of any consequences. I have to fear nothing, Lord, because you're with me and you fight for me and you go before me. And Father God, I just I I just want to want to praise you. I want to give you all the honor and glory and just ask Lord that you be with us that you walk alongside us, carry us when we need it, and help us to stay absolutely in the center of your will, Lord, doing your work, doing the strong, important work that you've put us here on this earth, in this space, in this time, for such a time as this, to do your will and your, wor your work, Lord. We love you, we praise you, we honor you. All glory to you, Father God, because we can do nothing without you and we are nothing without you so i lift you up today lord and i just pray praise you and i pray that you'll be with everyone listening to the show today lord just be with us go with us go before us and come alongside us we love you we praise you in the most amazing and precious name of jesus amen 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 indeed well we are out of time uh so if you like the show, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Oh, wait, Mountain wait, wait. Time. I have oh. to say thank you. Sorry. I have go to ahead. say thank you to producer, producer Zach for bringing me flowers today, too, for my birthday. Yes, indeed. And he just showed his face behind you, so I had to call <laughs> him out. I meant to she earlier. Says thank you for the flowers. Oh, you're um, but, Ash, I do wish you a happy birthday. It's been a pleasure to work with you. You uh, have likewise. so many thank gifts, and I'm very excited for what the future holds. So thank you for being here, and, and happy birthday. I hope you do take a little bit of time today to relax, because <laughs> I know you work your butt off like all of us. Uh, so, again, we go live Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. That's noon and 6 Eastern, and we're on Lindell TV, too, during those time slots. You can find us live on conservative-daily.com. That's our site, where you can become a member as well. Rumble, DLive, Cloudham, and Frank's Beach. Uh, if you're over on Rumble right now, the ratio of Rumbles is not high enough, so please uh, bump that up. Give a few rumbles for Ash's birthday. Yeah. Uh, you can Hit also check button. us out. Smash yeah. Smash it for my smash birthday. Smash the rumble button. Smash the birthday rumble. <laughs> uh, we're on Brighton as well, so you can check us out there. I know that's a great platform. If you like the audio edition, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible, and a myriad of other places. Uh, give us a five-star review. Uh, we've had uh, a couple episodes with Jake Lang. We pushed those out again yesterday. 
Uh, please go listen to those. Please go share those. That's very, very important. No, you have yeah, to like watch required it. You listening. have to watch the documentary as well, j6truth.org. Yep. Or org. Uh, j6truth.org, yes. Or, yeah, it, absolutely. I watched it yesterday. Um, I was there on January 6th. I uh, didn't go into the building, but I was there. I was gassed by the U.S. government. And um, the story of what you see in that documentary, specifically as it relates to uh, uh, Roseanne Boyland and it's it's absolutely stunning we are going to do a um, a watch party for that I talked to Joe about that yesterday we are eventually going to do a, a watch party for that uh, that documentary but if you haven't watched the Jake Lang episodes and if you haven't seen the documentary j6truth.org please make that a priority it's critically important that everybody understands um, what's what's going on there These the, the, Jake is and so many Americans are still locked up in solitary confinement as political prisoners. And it's, it is on us to make sure that they're not forgotten and that we do everything that we can to, to get them free. Absolutely. And I just put the link to j6truth.org in the comments. So please go watch it. There's no amount of work that we could do that will be enough for our fellow Americans that have been in prison for a year and a half now. Yes. It's, it's unforgivable. And we need to... We need to get off the sidelines because they deserve that. Um, so please share this episode. If you want a reminder when we go live, text the word FREEDOM to 89517. We'll shoot you a message when we're about to go live. Uh, you can also subscribe to the newsletter. That's where you get the daily fax blast. That link is in the description. Uh, as always, you can find us on pretty much all social media accounts, Telegram, True Social, you know, Gab, Getter, etc. at Joelman, at Conservative Daily, and at Ash in America. That's A-S-H-E in America. Um, but that's it. So... Uh, we will see you tonight, Ash. I, I hope. Are we going to see you tonight? You're gonna. You're gonna be celebrating, right? No, my husband says to me um, <laughs> last night. He said, "What? Where do you want me to take you for your birthday for dinner?" Which is uh, which is a bit of a joke because my husband is one of the best chefs on the planet, <laughs> um, and uh, and I would never have my husband take me out to dinner. He has to he has to slave in the kitchen for me. Ah, I see. I see. A cruel a cruel <laughs> taskmaster. Uh, well, awesome. So we will see you tonight. Uh, we've got some really cool stuff for you. So look out. We're going to be shooting out some information about it before we go live. Uh, but as always, this is the year we take back our country. The Amen. We, we can't see any more evidence that, that we already, you know, haven't, that we need to. We know what's going on. We know that they have declared war against us. So let's do the hard work. Joe will say get in the gap. I'll say get off the sidelines. Uh, but it's time for us to do the hard work. It's time, time to for get us to, work. to fix it. Yeah. Put on those gloves. Ash's working on her birthday. Uh, <laughs> so let's take back our country. God bless you all. We'll see you tonight. And God bless America. God bless everyone. <laughs>